Hey, welcome to Relentless Positivity Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Martin. We've got a very interesting guest with us today. So she is a board-certified emergency medicine physician. She's a co-founder of Valley Leadership Academy. It's a hybrid school focused on leadership development and mental wellness for students. You'll hear much more about that here in a little while. Uh, she's also the co-host of Drive Time Debrief, a podcast focused on physician wellness co-founder of the whole physician where they provide mindset wellness coaching for physicians by physicians and she somehow still has time to be a wife mom of four dog mom of two bernie doodles dr kazir thank you for coming on the show oh thanks joe so much for having me oh i'm excited i'm exhausted just reading your your, your bio right there so i mean i don't know how you live your life but um so let's let's kind of take it back where did you grow up what, what kind of kid were you what were you into so I grew up in suburban Atlanta. Uh, my dad was an engineer and mom was uh, a little bit of an entrepreneur herself. And I was a child of the 80s. So we rode bikes. I played dolls. We had a little bit of video games, but not much. Did a lot of reading. And my dad had grown up. His mother was a world book salesperson if you remember what those were oh yeah and he read he was a voracious reader he read the entire encyclopedia read the unabridged dictionary and these are these are the things that i knew growing up and they both my parents put such a huge emphasis on learning and how learning just was a key to having a happy life and so that that was kind of what I did. I loved to learn, loved to read and uh, always have. And I'm so grateful for that legacy that my parents gave me. Oh yeah. You know, they say leaders are readers, right? So you gotta be, you gotta be a reader. So uh, the world book encyclopedia, I owe my high school career getting out of high school to that. I plagiarized probably every, every volume of that. We had a 1986 volume maybe in our house and the kids, if you're listening right now, pre-Google, I couldn't just go to my phone or my computer to look up some. I had to go to the World Book Encyclopedia. But okay. on the flip side, they couldn't check out now software that I was plagiarizing. So that was that's was, that was a good part on that. So yeah, shout, <laughs> World Book Encyclopedia helped a lot of us kids of the 80s through. So uh, when did you decide you wanted to go into a career of medicine? So I was 20. I was in my senior year of college at the University of North Carolina. I had gone to college thinking I was going to be an English teacher because my English teacher had been very... I don't know. She had just been, made such an impact on me that I wanted to do something that had that kind of impact. And then I got to college, was very interested in psychology. I actually was majoring in English and psychology, eventually dropped that English major, but got to the end of college, time to apply to grad school for psychology, because as we know, you go to grad school if your major is psychology. And it occurred to me that I had always written every paper the night before my whole life. <laughs> and here I would be going to grad school and have basically six years to write a couple of really big papers without maybe as much structure as, as I needed. And I, I didn't recognize it at the time, but that was a little bit of my own neurodiversity. And I said, I need something that's a little more structured. And I had taken lots of science classes just because I love science and love learning. And I thought, oh, I could use psychology and medicine. So I could go to medical school. That's gonna be more structured for me. You know, obviously not any easier, but it was a perfect fit for me. So it was, 
you know, right that Christmas break of senior year was when I made the call to go to medical school. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a big switch right there. But I, I'm, I'm a big fan of psychology, too. I, I study it a lot. And I wish I would have kind of at least got a minor in it or something like that, because I, I use it in my job all the time. I got a business minor, never thinking in a million years I would ever own a business. You know, it's funny how the world works. But um, I was saying you, I just had I was like, I've already taken most of these. Might as well finish it out and get a minor. So it's where the world kind of knows where you're going to go before you do. It's kind of weird. But um, mm-hmm. so you, you go to you go to medical school. It's legendarily hard. Medical school is hard physically, mentally, emotionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the book part's hard as well. Was there a point where you got, all right, I'm not going to make it. Do you, do you get to the point where you're about to give up? So I was lucky in that I had that moment earlier in college when I was taking chemistry. Oh, and yeah. You know, chemistry, there's, uh, this is what I tell my kids, there's a couple things you cannot procrastinate. Chemistry, math, especially like calculus. And I had, I had been taking both those things in college and had my moment, I had this one chemistry class where we had two grades, a midterm and a final, and I got a 40 on the midterm. And I said, okay, well, I guess I need to study because the final could count for your whole grade. And so I learned to study that, you know, I was a smart kid in high school. I really had never needed to study, but I hit that wall right there with chemistry. And I did learn to study that semester and got an A in that class. And that served me when I got to medical school, I was able to find ways to keep myself motivated and study in a way that, that helped me learn it the best. I'm not one that when I'm sitting in a lecture class, it is harder for me to absorb everything that's coming in. But luckily in medical school, we had a note-taking service. I was one of the note-takers. You could record the lecture and then transcribe it and you know make it into a, something that you could study from. So that I had that moment earlier on, but I did have the advantage of when I was a kid, my parents had always told me, you can do anything you set your mind to. I had never received any negative programming like, oh, you're just not good at chemistry or you're just not good at math. I never received any of that. And I'm so grateful to my parents that they knew enough to tell me that I could do anything if I put my mind to it. And so, that served me well in medical school. I did, I did very well in medical school and in residency now, residency, for those of you who don't know, is the training that doctors do immediately following their four years of medical school. And it's kind of like on the job training and it is very intense. It's called residency because at one point residents actually lived in the hospital when I trained we were close to living in the hospital. It was not as bad. Now they've made some work hour adjustments for residents, thank goodness, because it was it was a little bit much. But um, there were times in residency where I was so sleep deprived after having been at work for you know forty hours, and I would, I remember looking at my patients in their beds sometimes in the hospital and being jealous of them. <laughs> like. <laughs> I broke my leg. Could I have a couple of days off? That would be, <laughs> that would be really fantastic. Um, but no, I've I've been very grateful for my career in medicine. I did have an episode early in my career where I had some burnout and 
that we can talk about that more a little bit later, I think. But that was probably where I was just like, it wasn't even necessarily a sense of overwhelm. It was just it, things felt heavy and I had not been taking good care of myself. And when we don't take good care of ourselves, you know, our, our bodies and our brains have a way of saying enough and it's time to take a break. So. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of opposite story. So I, I gave up. So I took chemistry and I was, I failed it so bad. I got a 43. So I had three points on you right there, but, um, uh, I was, I went to Auburn university. So there's like 400 people, there's stadium seating. And I'm like, does anyone understand this? I was like, does anyone I look around? Does anyone get to like, I was fine in the lab. Like I could figure out a Bunsen burner. I know my way around that, but man, I, I failed it so bad. I, I changed my whole major. I went through the, through the book. What doesn't have chemistry? Cause I had, I was pre-physical therapy and there was five chemistries. This was one. I was like, man, if this is the first one, I don't know about that. So kudos to you for pushing through. I went the other way, but things worked out. Um, so you kind of mentioned, I man, you've had a, you've had a really good career in medicine. What's, what's kind of some highlights you've had about two to three highlights you think kind of pop into your head? Well, I have highlights really every day that I'm at work. I I work in the pediatric emergency department primarily, and I just love taking care of those kids. Um, but in terms of my career, overcoming my episode of burnout was a big one. And now as I'm developing this coaching business with a couple of partners where we, we actually coach other physicians on a variety of issues, but especially with burnout, where we call ourselves burnout survivors. All three of us have had burnout in our emergency medicine careers, which I don't know if you're aware, but there's a very high level of burnout in medicine in general right now anyway, but especially in emergency medicine, I think this last survey this spring indicated that 65% of oh, wow. ER physicians are burnt, you know, have, have feelings of burnout. So overcoming that was, was really a highlight for me. And then now being able to help other people overcome it is extremely gratifying to me. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Let's, let's talk about that a little bit. So the, how did you, how did you yourself get through your burnout? So burnout comes when we feel like we don't have the resources we need to do what we want to do. And that, for me, that came as a result of being, I was, a, you know, I was a mom to little kids. I had a one-year-old and a three-year-old when I finally was like, I, got, I have to take a break. I was working a variety of different shifts, but many of them had me coming home at like, you know, two, three, four in the morning and then having to get up at like six or seven with kids. And so, yeah, I mean, it's not sustainable, but in medical training, you, you do some like really extreme things given, you know, so you know that you can do them, but for how long and at what cost. And so I had issues with, I was, I felt like I didn't have enough autonomy at, at work. I felt like I didn't have as much control over patient outcomes as I wanted to. I felt like, you know, I felt like parent, patients weren't always listening. And I had a lot of mindset issues, honestly, is what a lot of it was and, and not taking care of myself. And so I took a couple of years off and then I came back. And I came back with 
a fresh perspective where I am able to really see the meaning in what I do, that I'm able to see the impact that I have, even when I only am interfacing with a patient for one evening at work, I'm able to see that I can make a difference for them. And I am able to engage with my coworkers. We have just the most amazing group of people to work with at Huntsville Hospital. They are just, we just really have a magical group of people. And um, so really for me, I think what was learning how to take care of myself, learning to get what I need and finding the meaning in what I do. And I think that's true for, for anyone who is struggling with burnout is that if we don't, if we don't feel like we have meaning and if we don't feel like, um, there is, so there's a psychological construct called self-determination theory. And I don't know if you're, if you're familiar with that, but basically it is that we have to feel like we have autonomy. We have to feel like we have competence, meaning that we are, do, are doing a good job or that we're doing something important and we have to feel connected. And if we don't have all three of those things, then we're not going to feel, we're not going to feel satisfied in our work situation. So I was able to address a lot of those just through changing my own mindset. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's cool that you recognize it because some people just try to keep pushing through and it, it does not end good. So, I mean, I, every morning, so I have to get up, well, I, I get to get up at four o'clock every morning, which is early. Uh, I'm not an early, you know, the people, I've been doing this for 20 years and people say, well, yeah, you're probably used to it, but I'm, nope, it's early every morning. But on the flip side, what, to your point, every morning I get up and I can change someone's life, you know? So, I, I mean, that's exciting to me. So it gets up and some, some mornings are better than others, but I, just having that purpose. So otherwise I would have been burned out years ago. If I had to, you know, go dig ditches every day at 4 a.m., I'm not very excited about that. But, you know, if you, if you find purpose in your, in your meaning on, in your job, then it's, it's a lot easier. So, um, so you get through your burnout and you say, you know what? I got way too much spare time on my, I'm going to start a school. So tell me, tell me how Valley Leadership started. So, yeah, no, it's never been about having too much time on my hands. I will say that. <laughs> uh, I decided, so all my, I have four kids and they all went through like preschool and kindergarten at Willowbrook. And that was such a great experience for them. When my oldest was finishing there, I had been working with her at home because, you know, I, I love learning and I love teaching. And so she already kind of knew everything she would learn in first grade by the time she finished kindergarten. And then I decided, okay, well, where are we going to send her to school next year? I, you know, I, I don't want her to just go and learn behavior at school. Uh, you know, I want her to be able to learn, you know, stay on the same academic track she was on. And I just, I had this sense that I should try homeschooling, which if you had asked me, Five years before, I would have said, that is crazy. I love school. I loved going to school. I want my kids to go to school. However, over time, working in the pediatric emergency department and seeing what has been happening with kids' mental health over the past, I'd say, probably 15 years, really, since the advent of the iPhone, things have really taken a, taken a dive. Um, I 
I just didn't feel right about sending her to school. I also saw some behaviors in her that concern me that she might turn into what is sometimes called a mean girl. You know, she was talking about people's clothes and things like that. And it just wasn't in alignment with our values. I really want one of my kids to grow up wanting to make the world better and not just concerned with themselves. And so I decided to homeschool, homeschooled till she was in 10th grade and realized that we were missing a school community. We wanted the fun things about school. We wanted to, you know, be able to do field trips together and have parties and have friends and, you know, all those things that go along with school that are really fun and the community of it, but there wasn't something available that met what I wanted for my kids. And so we decided, my daughter and I actually, who's an amazing human being, um, decided to create this school, which would be a school environment for people who wanted or needed some flexibility in the way they schooled their children. So we, and from the get-go, we've had a variety of different students. We've had a lot, probably the bulk are traditional homeschoolers, but we've had some who have done online public school who came to us for a school environment. And I just wanted a place where kids could be emotionally safe, where there would be truly zero tolerance for bullying, where we would learn how to use our words, which are so incredibly powerful, to create amazing things and to create amazing things in the lives of other people. To me, we need this new generation. We need a generation of people who know how to get along with other people, even if they don't look or believe the same way they do. And so, and that's totally doable. It is, it's doable. It just hasn't, hadn't been tried or implemented anywhere where I've seen. So basically at our school, we don't talk about religion or politics. We talk about how we love each other and we talk about how to strengthen each other. But that was, that was what I wanted. And I knew there are so many problems in the world. There's so many things going wrong. And I see, I see so much of it in the cross section of society that I see in the emergency department that I can't fix it all. But to leverage what I can do, I can inspire other kids who have much more time on this earth left than I do. I can inspire kids to make change and to want to change and to know that they have power to make change. And so that's what we do. We are committed to developing leaders who get along with everyone. You know, I mean, obviously you can't get along with everyone, but who know how to get along, who know how to respect and honor people, even who are very much different than they are and who want to go out in the world and make it better. So I hope that makes sense. That was a lot.
it's awesome though. That's exactly what, what we why we do this podcast. You know, stuff like that. The stories about you and, and that that school, what you guys are doing out there is amazing. We we need more of that out there because um, I, I coach football at a middle school, and I I'm like you. The past few years, I've seen a huge change in a lot of behaviors and how kids are. I mean, from iPhones to pandemics. I mean, there's been a huge mm-hmm. drop off in how these kids can deal with life. So giving them those skills that early is so important. So um, a big a really important important part for you is a positive psychology side how do you guys weave that into your kind of your daily curriculum yeah so every morning we have a leadership development lesson at the very beginning of the day we call it morning meeting and the teachers lead it the kids lead it we encourage the kids all to at some point lead a morning meeting but basically it is where we have a topic we do a lot out of the seven habits of highly effective people but we do things from all different sources of positive psychology and we generally will have a quote we'll have a a new vocabulary word and we have a lesson about that particular principle so it can be anything from you know, being proactive to synergy, to neuroplasticity. We talk a lot about neuroplasticity, which for those who are not familiar, it is just the ability of our brain to change and to change. We can change our brains in the way that we want to change them. So that's how that our day begins. And we train our teachers and we train the students to speak in a in a particular way at school, there's things that are not, you know, that you would hear at other schools, you know, like things like sucks. That's not a VLA word. And if, if anyone hears this, that's not VLA talk. Um, we're not allowed to, you know, we don't say, yeah, I'm just bad at this. No, we say, I'm learning how to do this particular type of math. I know that I will get there eventually. We just really teach the kids how to speak to themselves and to each other in a positive way. Man, I love it. Yeah, how, how many times, if people listen right now, how many times you said, I'm bad at math or I'm just not good at this? Yeah, that's, yeah. when you flip that around, it's the, the growth mindset is so important. I love how you do that growth mindset for the kids. Yeah, there's so much research now that shows, and we tell them this all the time. When you say, I am bad at something. It makes it so much harder to do that thing. And so if you want math to be harder, sure, go ahead and say how hard math is. But if you say that math is a fun puzzle and that I I am learning how to be good at math and I am excited about the math growth that I'm having, it just changes it. It makes it so much easier and so much more fun. Yeah, well, if you go and expect something hard, guess what, it's gonna be hard. You know, I don't care yeah. what you're doing. If you expect it, you're going to find it. So I love your uh, your daily schedule. So, uh, so if you guys will ch- go check it out, it's valleyleadershipacademy.org slash academics. I'm going to link that in show notes, but I just want to break down a few of these things. That, so one of them is critical thinking through the so- Socratic method. Can you kind of tell people how you guys use that? Well, you know, Socrates was famous for getting to the heart of a teaching moment by just asking further questions. And so that's what we do a lot of times when kids have the question, we try to help them come to the answer themselves because it just sticks better with them and it helps them to develop 
those critical thinking skills and the confidence that they can they can figure things out themselves way more often than they give themselves credit for so uh, that is you know we hear lots and lots of questions at school and it just helps helps their brains grow well, that's cool. Yeah, uh, there are a lot of questions. Kids love to do questions anyway, especially the little guys, I bet. So they're, they're probably really good at it. So mm -hmm. uh, the next one is development of interpersonal and leadership skills. I, I'd like you to touch on mainly the interpersonal because that's the one I've seen really suffer in the past few years, just kids being able to interact with kids as well as adults. Yeah, so a lot of that comes down to our school culture, but we do have dedicated morning meetings about Lots of them we have about how to be a good friend, how to be a good listener. Active listening is one that we have repeatedly touched on with them is to show that, you know, this is how you, I mean, it is, it is so cool to see these young, young kids learn these kind of techniques that are typically, I mean, you'll get them in leadership or professional development, you know, once you're out in your career in the business world. I mean, these kids are learning them now. So they have this huge step up so that when they go out into the world, if hopefully they will have this added layer of an emotional intelligence once they go out and it will help them as they seek to lead, be successful in their own lives and also make change. So it's just one of those one of those areas that we really do focus on a lot in our morning meetings and as we help them navigate conflict you know it's not it's not perfect it's not heaven over there <laughs> like the kids do sometimes still have some bickering or whatever but we are able to teach them some productive conflict management and that goes so the seven habits is so wonderful there we really can pull lessons from from all of for all of life from the seven habits but thinking win-win is one that we cover a lot and that we've talked about okay so you want to do this activity and you want to do this activity but you want to do an activity together what's the win-win and they're they're able to come up with it so it's it's really exciting to see how much these kids can learn of these skills that unfortunately a lot of adults still don't still not have that's true i mean we're we are in huntsville it's a big engineering town so that's not that didn't that didn't big other things now they said that uh how you can tell uh an extroverted engineer is he looks at your shoes is what they say about that so um well so we have, yeah we have a lot of yeah huntsville is an amazing place in that we have such a high percentage of gifted and neurodivergent people you know giftedness and autism spectrum and ADHD, they're all on this continuum and Huntsville just has a lot of all of it. And our school, because of its flexibility and its its model and it how it kind of caters to especially gifted kids is, I mean, we really have a lot of that. So it, it including in my own kids. And so it's something that we really do want to focus on with them and make sure that they have those skills to carry forward with them. 
Sure. Yeah. Emotional intelligence is so important as you go forward in your career. That's for sure. So uh, the next one is near and dear to my heart, of course. So it's development of healthy habits, both physical and emotional. So what do you guys do for that? Because it's it's so important to develop those. They say, you know, most of the time when you by the time you're 12, you you may have your habits kind of ingrained for a lot of people. Yeah. So again, we talk in morning meeting a lot about self-care and how to treat our bodies well, how to eat healthy food and why it's important, not just for our bodies, but for our brains. And we get a lot of outside time. This is one of the things that I'm very passionate about is for kids to be able to have outside time and be able to move. And, you know, I think it's unusual for kids once they get a little bit older and it's understandable because sometimes the behavior is a little bit tougher to manage in middle and high school, but for them to have any kind of outside time where they can just be free and, you know, run around, play wiffle ball or kickball or gaga ball and just get some physical activity and some positive interaction with the other kids and some sunshine and fresh air is just so good for them physically helps them focus more helps them just actually mental health wise it helps them so much so those are the things that we really we have a heart for and um it's just so important to me that kids are able to go outside yeah i mean i I bet that takes away a lot of the behavior problems right there because some kids just need to move, man. They just have that energy. They have to bounce off the walls. And those are the kids that get uh, recess taken away in public schools. And then it just it spirals down from there because some just, yeah. man, they have all that energy. They don't know what to do with it. I, I know that always breaks my heart when I hear about kids losing recess because those kids need recess. It, it's yes, you're absolutely right. It, sure. They have a lot of energy and they need a place to burn it productively. Yeah. So, and the next one I want to go over real quick is just entrepreneurship and financial literacy, man. Those are important ones right there. So, you know, growing up, I mean, your, your parents kind of had that, that entrepreneurial spirit that they could share with you, but not all kids have that. So that's cool. You guys are sharing that, that early that, Hey, that this is an option that I can do. Yeah. So for entrepreneurship, we have an entrepreneurial fair one to two times a year where the kids can develop their own little business and sell things at school and it is so cool to see how excited they get and how creative they get with their business designs it's just really really fun but we also do some specific financial literacy with money we have a money matters class where we talk about investing we talk about how to allocate our money and savings and contributions. We always encourage them to know that we, to be happy, you're gonna be giving back to your community. So you want to be sure that you allocate, you know, we usually tell them 10% of your, whatever millions of dollars you're gonna make doing whatever it is you decide to do, make sure you're giving back so that you have the benefit of that as well. We have a project where it's called a cost of living project that the kids will choose a time in the future. Usually it's about when they're 35 years old, where they are established, they think about what kind of career they're gonna have, and then they make a either a poster or a video presentation about 
you know, how much they, how much money they think they will be making, how much their taxes would be, how much they're going to be paying for rent or mortgage and just all of their monthly and yearly expenses to give them even like the, I think the youngest kid we had do it this year was in second grade all the way through high school and to give them that like heads up, hey, there's a lot of things that your parents pay for that you're going to be paying for one day and it's okay but it just will help inform your decision so that when you decide you want to be you know have a lemonade stand for your career that maybe you won't be able to take everybody to disney world so unless you have a really like advanced lemonade stand which would be they could totally do that too but just it just helps one of the seven habits is begin with the end in mind and that is what we're doing with them is let's think about where we're going so that we make sure that we do the things along the way that will equip us for where we want to be man yeah that's awesome that's because i wish i would have had that stuff because i remember my, my first job got my first paycheck i like who is this fica guy he's killing me <laughs> oh my gosh who, yeah. why is he getting so much yeah so i didn't i didn't see right. that coming yeah right. so that's just uh just to even think about those things that early is so cool mm -hmm. um as depressing it can be when you think about man look at all this you i'm making a hundred thousand but i got this what happened so yeah right. just the, the stark realities that are out there just letting those kids know that's cool and just and also letting them know what's possible that's the cool part for me is just mm -hmm. seeing things out there it's just seeing the possibility is awesome so let's say someone's listening right now and man my kid needs to be involved in that school how, how do they get involved with you guys so our uh, admins are the ones who are we have a fantastic administrative team they're the ones who field any ad admission requests and that email is admin at valley leadership academy k12.org so it's a different one than our actual website address. And I'll, I'll send you that so that okay. you can put it in show notes. But we do have a waiting list right now. But we are always looking for new families that we can hope to incorporate who have the same vision that we have. And it's just so important that like we don't and we don't allow any kids to come to our school unless they really, really want to and hopefully have the same vision that we have that they want to make a change in the world that they are excited about being in a community of other kids who don't want to fool around with like misbehaving like we just want we want to be at school to learn and have fun with our friends and learn how to, we can make a difference in the world we don't need to be you know vaping in the bathroom or whatever <laughs> that's true so um I think that's brilliant. I'm, can I audit some classes? I need to come take some of those financial literacy classes. Oh. I think I need to. I need to be. I need yeah. to be in some of those. So I'm still behind on that. So uh, something else you guys are doing is is you're looking for a, your own building right now, and you're looking for sponsors, people that come alongside you. You've heard all the awesome things you guys are doing, and maybe they want to be involved in that. We got some we got some big corporations on here. I think that would need to be involved in that. So tell us more about what you guys are wanting to do. Yeah. So our our financial model for the school. To me, it was always important to make it very accessible for families of all backgrounds because a diverse school environment is really important to me. And so we basically set it up so that it's very affordable. 
um, people can have their children come. We're open four days, but they don't have to come all four days if that doesn't fit with their budget. So, and we price, we have priced it low, but high enough so that we can pay our teachers well so that they're happy. I do all of this on a completely volunteer basis. This is a nonprofit school and it is, it really is just my heart project. But all that being said is we're not rolling in the cash. So we currently, we rent space from Montesano uh, United Methodist Church who are so wonderful. Such, if anyone's looking for a church community, they are amazing. Uh, they rent space to us and we just, are so grateful to them however it's not a giant building it's it's a beautiful it's on seven acres which is beautiful and has the outdoor space that we really want but we would love to be able to offer admission to more kids so we need a, a space of our own so we are working towards getting our own school building and would love for anyone who is interested in helping us with that to to contact us we are we know that it is not going to come out of our our tuition funds because we as i said we keep that low just so that it remains accessible to all families but we are we know that we have a beautiful school building in our future so anyone who wants to help us get there, we would love your help. Oh, that's awesome. You yeah, got are changing lives out there. You, there's no telling what, what, what these bright minds are going to go out and do in the world. So uh, come alongside them. I'm going to link the show notes, how you can get in touch with them, how you can uh, find out how to be a sponsor, all that good stuff. And Dr. Laura, thank you so much for coming on. I really, really enjoyed meeting you. This has been great. Thank you so much, Joe. I really appreciate you. And I love what you're doing with your podcast and your life. And maybe we'll have you come give a morning meeting sometime would you be oh, up for that that would be i would love to it'd be an honor for sure hey if you're listening right now hey please please share this with somebody share the message share the cool things they are doing at vla over there there's so many awesome things these kids are getting that that i know i didn't get when i was coming up and i would have i would have loved to have that kind of stuff so so share that message and also maybe you want to become a sponsor share that as well but get out and just spread the positivity thank you so much again for coming on and we will see you guys next week bye y'all For every student who is doing well in traditional school, there is a student who is experiencing bullying, a high student-to-teacher ratio, overcrowded classrooms, a decline in mental health, and teachers who are powerless to make the changes they know are necessary. Over the past four years, Valley Leadership Academy has established a reputation for being inclusive, teaching and modeling the growth mindset that is so important, offering students personal attention and individualized learning objectives, and embracing parent feedback. And they just happen to be a 501c3 nonprofit. Valley Leadership invites you to join them in their mission to provide an excellent education along with real-life leadership and service opportunities. Please visit valleyleadershipacademy.org to find out about personal and corporate sponsorships that will help this remarkable school grow into an even brighter spot in Huntsville. Valley Leadership Academy wants the wonderful people of Huntsville and the surrounding areas to be a part of their team. Together, we can make a difference.
Teak Patnick with Patnick Realty. He does it all in the real estate world. I'm talking about general real estate sales, acquisitions, property management, investments. He does all of that. He's been a real estate professional since 2004. And you're not just a transaction with Teak. He truly wants to build a relationship for life with you. He's built his whole business on prayer, hard work ethic, honesty, and results. You can trust Patnick Realty with all of your real estate needs. Give him a call, 256-694-0117, or email him at teak at patnickco.com. McWilliams Marketing can help your business grow. Regardless of the size of the project, you will receive a solution that is specifically created for you and your business. No cookie-cutter, one-size-fits-all approach here. Amy and her team can build you a new website, a fresh new logo, run your social media accounts, get you listed on page one of Google. That's so important. They do that with their SEO services. You can't be invisible on the interwebs. You know that. All that. Plus, they are just awesome people. Start marketing smarter with McWilliams Marketing. Go check them out at McWilliamsMarketing.com. Hey, these are awesome businesses. Go support them. They're out supporting positivity, and they will do you right. Have an awesome day.